Hey guys, here's Who Was, and you are watching Pro Wrestling for Life. Welcome to Pro Wrestling for Life, everyone. Uh, gonna have a good show today. Uh, joining us in a little while, we have uh, Gregory Iron. We got Adrian Jahoud, aka Who Was, formerly of NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna play. Play a game again with Joey Image is coming back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, man, like, so you guys, the ones that tune in every week probably notice like the, yeah, I did my best to make it a different intro today. I was about so. to say you hype, you hype all the segment. You did my job. I don't have a problem with it, but yeah, yeah. he's Sean. Walker, yeah, I'm hey, hey, you know? Nick. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, what what's on the show today? You just said everything that was going to be on the show. We got Greg, we got Juez, we got uh, the game at the end of the show. But, like, you know, we got the news here to talk about as well. And I, I kind of just want to get to it, Sean. You know, before we get to the fun big news of the week, uh, there were a couple passings in the pro wrestling community. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to, to say something before we kind of launched into all the, the fun and games we've got planned for the rest of the show. I just want to, like, look, I don't know the details or, or anything, but I just um, – uh, Brian Blair suffered like the worst loss a human being could possibly suffer, and my heart I just breaks for him right now, man. Um, his son Brett was killed. I don't, I don't want to get, I don't know enough about it, uh, but I just want to send my love to to Brian and um, and his his wife Tony, and um, you know, like everyone that you know, everyone that that this is affected. So um, yeah. again. Oh, Ooh, man, it's hard. It's hard to come up with the right words, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So, and then, you know, um, I just learned yesterday, Super Porky died. Mm-hmm. Brazo de Plata, the legendary Brazo de Plata. Uh, you know, people know him because, and they love it. Like, people knew and loved him for his, you know, impeccable comedic timing and just... You know, just such a lovable guy. Like, trust me. And and it was that's how he really was. Yeah, that's how he really was. It's just the funniest guy to be around. And like his his brothers were like that too, man. Those Brazos, the three of them. Like, to me, okay. There's Bianos and and Los Brazos. Like, are to me the the greatest trios. Okay. Ever in, in, in Mexico, as far as I'm concerned. Not that I'm a, you know, the absolute authority on, you know, all of that shit, but I know a little bit about it. Yeah, for um, sure. So, anyways, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jerry Lynn and I, we, we used to go, you know, we talked about how he was on the show. We used to go to Universal Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, that was our first promotion in Japan. And, um, and it was with, all the legendary luchadors. Um, the only one that wasn't there was well, was Neil Mascaris because he was working for Wing at the time. But we had we had his brother Dos Caras, um, we had Io Del Santo, Blue Demon Junior, uh, just those Cowboys, you know, Silver King and Tejano, of course, uh, yeah. and Dianos and Los Brazos, mm-hmm. and oh my God, they like. Porky was a little heavier by the time I like 
like I first encountered him over in Japan, but oh my God, could still move amazing. Like just incredible. And, and I mean, they were the, just about as entertaining as I've ever seen uh, anyone be in, yeah. in the ring, man. Uh, and, and they were, you know, as I say they, because all three of them were so kind to me, but um, you know, when I moved to Mexico, I lived in Mexico for four years. Um, uh, I was around his, his brother and him, uh, Braza de Oro was working uh, for the other company. Was the okay. poker, but uh, anyways, I'm rambling or whatever, but it means a lot to me to talk about this. Uh, uh, just, he's such a wonderful guy and uh, he's really going to be missed. And, um, I had some interaction with with his his son is Psycho Clown. A lot of people may not may not realize that. I did not know that his son yeah. was Psycho Clown. Oh yeah. my god! Okay. Yeah. And so, like, I, you know, we we communicate a little bit just because I, you know, I wanted to let him know how much you know his dad meant to me. And yeah. So yeah. Anyways, love you, Super Porky. Yeah. Uh, I, you know. Oh, and, and it's just such a and I'm I'm enjoying hearing from you and others that like really knew him because. Like me, like a lot of people, you know, my age, we only knew Super Porky really from like the brief run he had in WWE. And it was only like a year that they had the juniors division. And he was just a screen stealer, man. Like yeah. every time he was on screen, you know, whatever is the big, you know, turkey leg or, you know, the, the looks he would make when somebody would walk by. Like when I found out about this news, I was like, oh, my God, I, I wish I'd have appreciated Super Porky more because I always really just loved seeing him on my TV, you know. And so, if you go back a few years before I met him, uh, like it's out there, it's on YouTube, maybe you know some other platforms. Uh, you know, him and him versus Tiger Mask, and and he was always a chunky dude, but like much more svelte than than most people remember remember him as. Uh, man, those two were fucking tearing it up, Nick. And, um, and a lot of people might not see this, like, or, or when they think of him, might not, they, it might, they might be surprised to know, like, back in his younger days, he was considered a bad motherfucker that no one wanted to mess with. Really? Yes. Yes. Ask Conan. Okay, I would have never guessed that. He just seemed yes. Like Nobody yeah. fucked with him, even like after he like in his later years, like just out of respect. Okay, yeah. how, how how tall was was he? This short, five four or something like that. But he was always bigger than the other juniors and stuff. Like he, I, I remember at the time. He well, because they weren't the juniors; they were the minis. That's they they stuck him in the fucking mini division. I know, and that's He's the not thing. a fucking mini. I know, I know. He was like miscast in that division. I remember. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah but he was a badass. In his okay. day. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. All so, right cool. What else, man? Rest at rest in peace, uh, Super Porky. And yeah, the best of the fans, friends, and family. Um, well, Sean, I got to get your take on the on the hottest news of the week, man. Uh, two big stories breaking simultaneously, and those appear to be that uh, CM Punk returning. To pro wrestling, looks like he'll be at AEW All Out. And Daniel Bryan looks like he has maybe already signed with AEW. Uh, you know, word on the street, maybe holding out till Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. But because of the punk signing, maybe they move it up. Maybe they move it back. We're not really sure. Yeah. 
how do you feel about these two big names at the same time possibly shifting to AEW? Oh, it's exciting, Nick. You know, I mean, it's just it's just good for everyone. Yeah, it's just really good for everyone. Like, I mean, because it doesn't hurt WWE. I don't think. Yeah, I think uh, that's true. Yeah, um, and it definitely it definitely helps AEW, who's already like they already have some really good momentum as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. You know, so this could be like this could be a fucking game changer. Like as far as like, you know, you know, the balance of whatever the fuck you want to call it in, in the industry. I, I always compare it to McDonald's and, and Burger King or Pepsi and Coke, right? Where it's, it's like okay, like I don't mean to cut you off, Nick. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um Okay, the, the difference is is once just publicly traded company that's just fucking monstrous right and the other one is you know a company owned by you know and it's a great company but like one's huge right 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 and and i don't think it's going anywhere so that's why i don't think it like this necessarily hurts them it just it helps aw and it fucking helps the industry man yeah, for sure. How do you feel? Because like one of the conversations I've been having with people is like when guys like Daniel Bryan and Punk come in or a whole, you know, there's been a bunch of other names from, from WWE or whatever, Malachi Black, Miro, yeah. like the originals in AEW, some of these these indie guys who came in or that or guys that have less experience, how there's going to be less opportunity for them on the roster. Is that something that you think about or resonate with you when you see more names coming into the company like that? No, or- man, no, because like if somebody's better – and they're better better than you, like then maybe they deserve your spot. Like that's how I always felt, Nick. Like I never like I never cut anybody's grass or fucking like like I help people that were there to fucking take my spot. I I uh or take a big bigger spot. Like fucking like Jericho, for instance, read his book. He'll tell you. Oh yeah, for sure. Um uh so I just I don't know, man. Like I'm all about like the the people that fucking does deserve the spot for through merit you know yeah. not i mean i there's something to be said for tenure oh like i think yeah but it can't be the only like dude it's what what the fuck do you bring to the table right now okay fair enough fair enough um and the other question i want to ask you is obviously from a historical you know perspective you know we're celebrating 25 years since the nwo was formed you were obviously integral in the NWO, one of the names that made the leap and gave the company a lot of clout and credibility. Does this moment feel or not feel like when Kevin Scott left WWF for WCW? No, I don't see it. I don't okay. see it. It's huge. It's huge. And it's good. It's just, it's going to generate a lot of buzz uh, and all that. It's just, I don't see it. Yeah. Nope. It's not. No. Not the same. No, no. no I mean, there are some comparisons, I guess, but you know, because uh, they're two big names, right? Exactly. You no, know, but man, um, you know, Punk's been gone for a while, which may make, you know, absence make the heart grow fonder or whatever. Like, sure. you know, I'm I'm curious to see. Um, um, well, and, and, and here's another thing that, about this. Um, Part of me was like, oh, man, fucking, you know, the cat is out of the bag. It would have been nice for it to be a surprise and all that. Um, but, you know, man, the more I think about it, Nick, you know, people knowing, like, they don't know when it's coming. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they might know it's coming, but they don't fucking know when. Mm-hmm. And that, like, it's it's just the anticipation of it. Yeah. And the fucking fever pitch, right? And then, boom, when it happens, they know it's coming, but they don't know when, Nick. Yeah, well, and that, that was what was with Scott, I think. It kept, like, I didn't know because I was, like, whatever, like, 11 or whatever when it happened, right? But, like, you know, there were people that had access to, to the sheets and stuff that kind of knew Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, are WCW bound. But that didn't make when they showed up or when you showed up any less impactful, right? And, and even more. Right, yeah. That's like, like I'm saying, because the people are anticipated. And then the fucking, you know, the people start talking to each other. And it's just like, you know, it better happen. No. <laughs> Fuck. It's going to be really, it's yeah. going to be a deflated room in Chicago if, if CM Punk does not show up as part of you all You better life. deliver, Tony. Okay, last, last thing I want to ask you about before we get to our, our first interview for the day here uh, with uh, Huez. Um Lance Archer, you worked with him a bit in TNA, I know. I had um, match with him. Yeah. I, it, was, it was fun. It was nice. Yeah. yeah, I just remember he came up on the show recently. But, man, he he took the uh, IWGP U.S. Championship from John Moxley in a last man standing match uh, last week on Dynamite. What do you think about that and, like, him as the champion right now? A couple things, okay? Like, first of all, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever met him, but he's just a real solid guy, right? Real pleasant saw, to be around. I saw him this past weekend at Warrior Wrestling. He took on right. uh, Robert Ego Anthony. He killed Frank the Clown. It was wonderful. Okay. So, yeah, man. So, there's that part, which when good people, good things happen to them, makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, the other thing is, he kind of needed that moment, I think. You know? And he got it. And and um, it, it was a great match. Mm-hmm. It was a great, it was a hell of a match, man. It was a great way to end the show. Yeah. So I was happy for him, man. Good for you, Lance. You deserve it, man. This episode of Pro Wrestling for Life is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Mm. Is there? Yeah, well, I recently I've been feeling my impulsive nature has been getting me in trouble. It's what I'm working with my therapist about. Huh. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, Nick. But you know that already, right? I do. I do. I obviously use BetterHelp. I go every Wednesday. I get my brain scrubbed. Linda's my counselor. She's very good, and uh, they put me in touch with her uh, incredibly quickly. Wow. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's mm-hmm. not a crisis line. Nope. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online nick mm-hmm. there's a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally 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 available in many areas yep 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 it's a it's a service available to clients worldwide so if you're not in the states you can still use better help you can log into your account anytime you can send a message to your counselor which i do all the time with linda she sends me worksheets sometimes to read over and you know, we have a great relationship. You get timely, thoughtful responses. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which I've been doing more of. So I don't actually even have to look at Linda, which, and she's wonderful, but I talk to her on the phone, and it's really helpful for me. Um, so I, I kind of like just the, the What audio. do you mean I don't have to look at Linda? Well, it's like, you know, if you deal with anxiety, <laughs> it's like you deal with anxiety and stuff, and you feel like you have to make eye contact for oh, like, okay. right? It can make you feel uneasy, but like, when you're just on a phone call and you're sitting there and you could kind of like have a glass of water and maybe you got like chips or whatever you want to mute really relaxing experience therapy. wise. Plus you like to sit around your underwear and shit all day, right? Like, 
I do, and that's something I talked to her about. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today, Nick. Visit yeah. their website, read their testimonials that are posted daily. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm the testimonial for us because I do it, and it's great, and you should try it too if you want to talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyways, visit betterhelp.com slash slash P- W number four L yeah, Well, that's what it is though. It's supposed to be W four L. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. I know what All our right. promo code is. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you know it. <laughs> uh, so anyways, yeah. Oh shit. I don't know. Where am I? That's the betterhelp.com slash PW four L that's better. H E L P. You can join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health mental health and help uh, of an ex- with the help of an experienced professional. It's easy yeah. for you to say, Nick. It's a lot of words. It's a word garble there. Yeah. <laughs> so, in fact, uh, so many people have been using better help H E L P that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 States. But again, for our podcast pro wrestling for life listeners, if you want to get 10% off your first month, it is betterhelp.com slash P W four L that's better help. H-E-L-P dot com slash P-W-4-L to get 10% off your first month. That's it. And thanks again, BetterHelp, for sponsoring Pro Wrestling for Life. This episode of Pro Wrestling for Life is sponsored by Roman. Yeah. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with a tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Mm. Go to roman.com slash xpoc now. Yeah. And with Roman, Sean, you're going to get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Yeah. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. Yeah, and the whole process is straightforward and, most importantly, discreet. So, again, you're not going to get a box that says, here are your Roman dick pills, duct tape all over it. Discreet packaging. (laughs) Getting started is simple, Nick. Just go to getroman.com slash xpoc and complete an online visit. Yeah, and take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor, and you take care of it. Yeah, go to roman.com slash xpoc now to get $15 off your first month. Yeah, that look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED, and that is getroman.com slash xpoc. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Thank you, Roman, for sponsoring Pro Wrestling for Life. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Joining us right now is a gentleman that I've worked with down at the Performance Center down in Orlando. Um, he's an incredible athlete, great martial artist, and uh, world-class amateur wrestler. Uh, his name is Adrian Jaoud, also known as Huas. What's up, man? Hey, 
Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a, an honor to be like able to talk to you. And thank you, Nikki, too. Also, thank you for Wrestling for Life. And let's go. Now. It's 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 been a journey, and let's yeah, keep man. going, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, so like you know, you and I got to know each other. You know, like before the pandemic hit, and I was coming down to you know uh, performance center on a monthly basis, and you know. I, Built a little bit of a relationship with a lot of people down there, and and especially you, man. Like, uh, um, and so, you know, when when that latest round of releases happened, and your name was in in there, man. Like uh, immediately, I got on the phone and and, and hit you up, man, just to you know uh, try to show some support, man, because I want to see you, like I want to see you continue in this. You have a future here in this. Yes, exactly, man. And I'm very thankful for that. And in that moment was a like hard moment, you know, like when you it's not about just losing a job, but it's like not knowing if you are going to be able to keep living your dream, right? And yeah, and that that's it. Like people like I know like having like losing a job is hard, but in that moment it's not just a job, it's like my dream, you know. Yeah. I'm here to conquer. I'm here to be a champion. I'm here to like entertain people and give them the best I have. And 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 for like came from nowhere. And that phone call came in and boom, you know, like you get shocked and surprised. And the only thing you can yeah. think in that moment is your friends and your mentors. And you know that you are one of them. And 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 expect Sean, like I always say, I will keep saying it. You are like one of them that helped me a lot and and thank you very much for that oh come on man <laughs> my pleasure that's yes. what i'm here for man yeah, you yes. know agent so people were there for me like that you know before there was a system in place you know like oh like the older veterans looked out for me you know uh you know the best they could and and so you know uh it's my turn you know i'm an older dude now so it's my turn to, uh, that's to old get old. back man <laughs> hey so Adrian, man, you've been a world-class athlete for, for many, many years, man. Um, and I don't know, like, if all that came easy to you. Like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously hard work, but, like, some people are just, they're just naturals, you know. Um, but, you know, going from from all that, you know, from the wrestling and, and, and you know, uh, the capoeira and by the way, man, you're an amazing capoeira artist. Yes. Um, um, so, hey, man, talk about like you you go from from that world, and all of a sudden you're in pro wrestling world, man. Like, it's a hard transition, right? Yes, it is definitely is a, a hard transition, but in a and like it's a different way. Like I was being training for many years. I started martial arts with nine years old. Yeah. And that's like back way, like very far away. But it's funny that when you do martial arts, you kind of day by day learning and, and improving your skills. But in pro wrestling, not also your skills you have to improve, but your inner charisma, your inner, like it's hard to explain. I always say that, Pro wrestling was the hardest thing that I ever did in my life. 
Yeah, you've told me that. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah, like, so, it's, it's so funny that people, but wait a minute, man. You are like black belt in a bunch of things. And how you can say that? I say that because it's not just about your technique. It's just about, it's about like what you feel, how you feel, how you deliver what you're doing. So that's why when you, when we had that talks and you were like teaching me and like sharing with me your knowledge, saying that, you have to be present in that moment. You have to be feeling it. You have to be kind of leaving that match. That's why it's very important to have a backstory in that match. And for me, that was the hardest thing, that hardest like transition that, okay, guys, it's not just punching and kicking and submitting. No, it's what else? Yeah. No, you have to look the camera. You have to look the guy. You have to look people outside. You have to listen. You have to do... And that's the brain goes in on and you start to spin around. But luckily, as I always say, that hard work always pays off. If you train hard, you always will get your results. And I trained. I, I ate it. And I slept and ate it. PC, Performance Center. And I was like every time seeing a legend, as you know that, I was like trying to go there, get some advice, trying to ask them how I can improve. And, and and worked and worked and like uh, I see when I look at back I see that I I am proud of myself because I kind yeah. of I I I made it I know uh, I'm not the best wrestler ever but I will be one of the best soon. <laughs> and, I saw it. I've seen it in you, Adrian. Yes. I've I've seen it in you. I saw the improvement from the time that 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 I met you up until more recently. You know, um, so. Yeah, man. It's just, and, and the thing is, Adrian, like, um, you're like you're like you're great at so many things, man. You know, so like it's gotta be hard when you like it's gotta mentally be, be it's gotta fuck with you mentally, like when you're like you're so great at everything you do, man. And and you come in and the wrestling, um, and yeah, and, and then there's all these other variables, man, that nobody realizes. You know, are 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 part of this because your technique is perfect, bro. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. I don't think anyone is perfect, but your technique is beautiful. So thank you very much. That, that's an honor to hear that. It's just, just like give me motivation, you know. And what you say is is perfect. Like I believe that you never will achieve the the perfection. You have always you have to learn and learn over and over. Yeah. Because I believe that when you think that you know everything, that's the point that you have to, I don't know, just stop what you're doing because no one is perfect. Yeah. And the technique has to improve, like everything in life, I think. That's why I say technique is everything because you have to have technique to, to evolve in life, to grow, yeah. to keep moving forward. And I don't believe that my technique is perfect. We'll get there. It's it's good enough to beat and to kick some heads and punch people in their faces. That's good enough. But same time, I believe that the process of learning has to be forever. Yeah. And I told you this before, and I always saw this in my in my mind, and I always imagined that pro wrestling is kind of like a jiu-jitsu school with belts. Mm -hmm. So I used to look at people say, ah, that, that one is a white belt. That one is a black belt. So like you, you are like a, a master, seven degree red belt. You know? <laughs> and it's funny because when you see that, when you kind of separate the rest in that kind of tiers of, or belts, whatever, 
you start to understand how much you can learn from them. And every match you learn, like every match you learn something new, like every talk and every, and and that's it. I think live is a forever yeah. school learning and no stopping. But it's good that, like you always said to me that, oh, you will get there, you will get there. And once I was doing a match and, and just happened. And I was like, listen, yeah. all the crowd, And I was in that moment, and, and I, if I am not wrong, was in Evolve, was a good match I had in Evolve. And like, just came, you know, like my yep. mind was there, I was conscious and everything just happened. And I was like, oh my God, that's it, that's it. That, and I found it. Yeah, man, and there, a match you had on one of the Coconut shows in Orlando, like you had a match with Angel Garza that was really good. Well, that was one of, one yeah. of my best matches because yeah. it was so good. And we were there, we were like enjoying that moment. And I had so much fun with him and he's a great guy. We are friends and like, and that match was special. Like, I mean, I don't know, like, you know, more than me, when you are there in the zone and feeling it, you have so much fun and like- Isn't it amazing, right? Like yeah. getting that feeling, oh man. It's addicted, it's addicted. Hey, hey Adrian, explain to me, explain to everyone, um, out there that might not know because I should like you know the difference between that feeling in wrestling when you get that the reactions you're looking for and the crowd reactions when you know you're at uh you know competing for a medal in wrestling or whatever you know like you know yeah, they're sure. both crowd reactions but it seems like there might be a different you know feeling or connection with the people yeah that's that's a good point like Actually, it's perfect because this was one of my hardest thing to make the transition because when you train real, when you train to compete, to get like a medal or like a result, you have the crowd, but it's funny how to explain like the crowd will, will push you when you're like about to win or about to lose that very important man. But you have so much pressure on your on your shoulders of you have to represent your family you have to represent the country you have to bring the medal to your country you are like it's so much things like it's like an onion right it's like so much yeah. layers, so layers. and and it's so much pressure that the crowd comes to to how can speak to push you in that last second in case you're losing or even if you're about to win to keep you like grounded and and like hold a little bit more in pro wrestling it's totally different the crowd makes the match with you it's it's it's, it's unbelievable like you you i always say like it's like a piece of art it's like a blank paper you start to draw your art it's the canvas right so you're drawing that art so like you do like a, a ink another ink you start to mix it up and the crowd is adding something on it with you yeah. and finished is that masterpiece but it's you your opponent and the crowd is like it's yeah. amazing. So like you start. To Everyone do, makes it together. Yeah, it's uh, that's it. So when I I told you when that started to come into my mind, I was like, oh my god, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. And for me, that's the 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 beauty of the pro wrestling. It's, it's like it's it's hard to explain. You have just to feel it. You have to be there. I always say, have you watched a show like for like random people? No, never. No, you have to go. You have to watch a pro wrestling show live because we'll change your life. And people, seriously, yeah, let's go. <laughs> It's amazing. Man. 
Hey, Adrian, um, hey, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing you get out there on the independent scene. And um, and one place I know, uh, I talked to Josh Barnett, man. He's looking forward to using you at Bloodsport. Yes. Perfect, perfect for that. Man. Yes, I'm waiting. I'm waiting big time. I, I always wanted to be there because uh, I know the, the event is like stuff, uh, like real, real great matches there. And I want to be there. Uh, like just just here and and I'm very open to be there working with, with blood sport and actually where where I can find blood I will be there too you know <laughs> well I, I yeah I was telling I was telling uh who has off uh, the air Sean uh I know blood sport obviously seems like a great spot for him but you know friends of the show court Bauer and Fatu and MLW you look at the landscape MLW's got too with like filthy Tom Lawler and Dominic Garini and Kevin King Mo, King, all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. And, and their their product is a lot more sport centric, you know. And I, I just kind of in my head, I see you working well in that space as well if if that was an opportunity. And it would be a good chance because like, you know, Sean and I have a, a good idea. Sean more so mommy probably than me, because he worked closely with you. But like, um, what your skill set is, but a lot of people just didn't get to see enough of you in exactly. WWE. And I think just like getting you on a platform where people can actually see you and see what you're capable of is like going to be a big next step for you moving forward. Exactly. That is one thing. It's something that I'm, I'm wishing and wanting because in WWE, I had like some matches, good matches, but never like, a storyline never matches enough to make people see me not just my skills but see myself my yeah my character and how how i do like how i live actually my character what is happening and i want this now i want to be able to show what i am capable of and and to show that most of these mma fighters or whatever it is they call themselves that if they want to wrestle me, they have to be another level. They have to kind of train harder. I don't know what they have to do, but it's not going to be easy against me inside that ring. I don't know. Like, I mean, with that, like, I'm starving to be able to show people, like, what is a real fight means, you know? And, like, in this uh, pro wrestling universe, not every time you, you have the chance to feel like a, a real, real, real good fight, you know, with, like, people trying to beat each other you know like and that's my goal now and if someone is listening to this and i can challenge anyone now if like if you want me to be on your show and bring some violence and some technique just call me just call me <laughs> okay, cool well uh Ruiz, i want to thank you so much for joining us here today if people want to reach out to you and find you and book you or anything like that how can they get a hold of you right now Booking who was at gmail.com. Booking who was gmail or my social media, Adrian Jowd and Twitter, Adrian Jowd. Both you can find me. It's booking who was at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Booking who was that's R U A S, folks. Yes, R U I A S. Thank you very much. Hey, man. I, dude, I hope to see you somewhere soon, man. Like, it's it's only a matter of time before our paths cross again. Yes, matter of time, and I can't wait to see you in person to give you like a big hug and yeah, and thank you, Nikki, for your support and everything, man. Hey, man, my love to your family.
Always. Thank you. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Happy to be joined right now by pro wrestler and motivational speaker, Gregory Iron. What's up, Greg? Greg okay? Or is it, as everyone just call it Gregory? I'm okay with Greg. You know, I feel like people that call me Gregory, they're just calling me by my wrestling name. If you're, if you're calling me Greg, we're actually friends. It's too many syllables, man. Gregory. Too syllables. many. Far too yeah. many. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks for joining us, me. man. No, no. It's, I, it's great having you. I'm pumped to be here. I've always been a big fan of yours, Sean. And Nick, I've, I haven't seen you in far too long, so I'm just happy to be a part of this discussion today. Yeah. Hey, so Greg, I was I was checking out your your um, it's like a short doc, mini doc kind of I think is that, is that what you would call it? Yeah, really cool, man. It, it's inspirational and and it, I mean I've got questions. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, first of all, hey, and I know, like, dude, I hate to do this to you, like, because I don't like Nick knows what I'm about. To, I don't like doing the hey, like, give the same questions everyone else does, but. You know, because uh, I, I get sick of answering the same shit over and over again. But I have to ask you, man, can you explain to people like a short version of what cerebral palsy is and what it does to you? Yeah, sure. It's a neurological disability from birth. It either happens uh, before you're born or, or shortly after that affects the uh muscles and uh, the brain, the way that it sends signals to parts of the body, it affects it. Uh, everybody is affected in a different way. Yeah. Uh, some people are in, in a wheelchair completely. Some people, it's only one side of the body or they have problems speaking. In my case, case, it's very mild. It's technically the whole right side of my body, but it's yeah. most notable in my uh, right arm, hand and fingers. Yeah. I just noticed it like in your, in your hand, you know, almost like you just had nerve damage or something, you know? Yeah, like like I walk a little flat footed, but it's not huh. very apparent. Huh. That's cool, man. So how did like so you don't really know what it's like not to have cerebral palsy, obviously. Like so it's like hard for me. It's like I guess it's hard for you to say what's what's more like I but I mean, how was it, man? Like, first of all, not just the wrestling, but like anything athletic, you know, because obviously you did some athletic stuff before you got into wrestling. No. no, no, actually, I didn't really. I mean, I would I would do the usual things where I would try to play baseball with my friends uh -huh. or play a, a little tag football, but I was never really good at any of those things. So it, it's funny when people ask me what it's like being a wrestler with cerebral palsy. And I say, yeah. you know, I don't know what it's like to be a wrestler without cerebral palsy. Like, exactly. how do you do things with one arm? I, I, I don't know. I've never done things with two arms. So when I was getting into wrestling, a lot of people wonder, like, how could you even have the courage to do that with a disability? But for me, it wasn't a matter of doing it because I had a disability. I was more terrified because I had never done anything athletic in my life. And I had this fear that if I, if I suck at wrestling because I'm not athletic, am I going to look at it different if I fail at it? But looking back now that I'm 34 years old and I've been doing it for 15 years now, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. I'm glad that I took that step into that wrestling school in Cleveland and took a chance on failing because I think it, it's much better to fail than to look back 15 years oh, later or 20 years later, whatever the case is and, and think about what if. Yeah. Yeah. And, but so you did uh, some martial arts as well, right? Or is that along with the wrestling? No. that come after the wrestling? Well, like, so like, I got this. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was reading this. Nick. You were, you were reading. Yeah. You were reading the notes for Adrian. Dude, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, you, you got to regret. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. 
It's okay. <laughs> Brett, tell us about qualifying for the Olympics. No, uh, or trying to. Hey, no. hey the, the most the most I know about martial arts comes from Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid. That's all I know. Well, all right, I think. Well, correct. All right, go ahead, Matthew. Well, I was gonna say we have to, you know when you we've talked about you breaking in and like how you don't know how to do, it, but how was it for the people around you? Like I don't know that I've ever asked you like how did the other wrestlers adapt to having to like change what they were doing to like work with you and you know make make it work, you know. Well, you know what? I feel like it's always been more awkward for the other wrestlers than it was for me. I mean, no one ever, not to my face, at least no one's ever treated me different, but there's always those moments, even to this day where I'm working with a guy and if I'm a baby face and he's playing a bad guy, one of the things that always happens is they go, uh, is it cool if uh, during the match I, uh, you know, oh, maybe uh, make fun of, and I'm like, I'm like, that's what it's there for. You know what I mean? And, and, in the times that we're living in, uh, you know, it's much different than when I first started, how far you can take it. And you sort of have to feel the crowd with how far you go with mocking the guy with a disability because, yeah. you know, cancel culture and all that good stuff. So you really have to feel it out. But like, I'm not offended by any of that stuff. And I feel like, you know, if you're going to get heat on me, uh, if you ignore the disability, you're doing yourself and the fans a disservice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's a weird, that's, I, I don't know how I would handle that as a heel working with you, man. Like, you know, because you just gotta play into like, it. Yeah, I guess, man, because I've gotten over other things, you know, um, that I had a problem with, and I ended up doing anyways as a heel. Um, so yeah, I guess, man, but it's just holy shit, man. That I mean, that could get it feels like it get kind of heavy. Here's the thing, though, man. Like on the flip side of it, as a heel, like how does that work, man, with the crowd? Like I mean, like, like you know, like. When I was a kid, um, people used to say if 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 the if the guy was a heel, the wrestler was a heel, whatever you said to him was fair game. Like 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 Adrian Street, like all the fucking homophobic sirs, like from the crowd, and like the little ten year old kids yelling it too, and the fucking the parents. You know, I mean, does anything like that happen? You know? I mean, there's been there's been moments, not so much again, not in recent years, but back in the day. You know, you've had moments yeah. where uh, wrestlers have called me retarded or oh, cripple wow. and things like that. And now, and and listen, there's been times where I've I've had people, I've told people to say that to get heat, but yeah. and, but there was a, the the wake up call for me was I think a few years ago, a, a parent walked up to me and said, I can't believe. That guy said what he said about you, and I, like that's so disgusting. And I know wrestling is predetermined, but it just really disgusted me because yeah. I have a family member that's like that, and blah blah blah. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, geez, like I don't even know if this lady realizes that I set him up to say that. But also, again, it's just one of those things where, in the time we're living, you have to be very aware and sensitive to what people are going through. But at the same time, it's like a. a what can we and can we not get heat with? I mean, that the basis of pro wrestling is there's got to be a good guy and there's got to be a bad guy. So where yeah. where can you cross the line anymore? Or how and close so, can you get to the line? And so this, uh, this just popped into my head as you're saying that, uh, Greg. You know, I mean, could you take a, a moment like that or a situation like that where you're doing something like that but turn it into a teachable moment? I think so. You know, I was recently trying to talk to – Tony Atlas about this. We were talking about how they're going back and um, editing stuff from the network. You know, things like when when you guys in Degeneration X 
did the the Nation of Domination parody and things like that. And they're editing that stuff out of the network. And I asked Tony, you know, do you think that stuff should be edited or do you think th those are teachable moments? Because in my view, I think that those should be left in there because uh, it's one of those things where it's like, look, this is what happened back then. Now the world has grown and changed. We can learn from our past. I mean, like, I feel like uh, editing those things and taking them away, it's sort of, uh, I don't know, ignoring the problems. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does to me. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, okay, I get it why they, you know, move, in the move to Peacock, why that, some of that shit happened. You know, I don't right. think it would have happened if it would, they would have just stayed at the network, you know? No, uh, no. I, yeah, I think, I, I think that, yeah, for sure. Like, I think there's a lot of teachable moments that come out of these experiences. And, and again, to to try to ignore these things and act like people haven't bullied me or called me retarded or mocked my disability in any way, I think it's doing a disservice to people with developmental disabilities because like, I feel like in playing into my character, uh, when people see me go through circumstances like that and I uh, sometimes I get beaten down, but other times I yeah. triumph and overcome, I think that's like a, a great story and a motivator for kids that can see something in me that maybe they have to like themselves in professional wrestling before. Right. Nick? Uh, yeah, well, uh, this kind of brings us to, you know, obviously the news of the moment. Um, so we, we talked about how you uh, obviously very much helpful uh, letting other people get heat. You know, you've been such a wonderful baby, like Gregory Iron. Who doesn't love uh, Gregory Iron? Oh, man, so hard to boo Gregory Iron. Um, what's it been like this ride for you, 4-0, right? Uh, you, Ricky, everybody. Like, how has it been for you getting to be a heel in GCW and get that heat and find that side of yourself down there. I mean, it, it's been wild. I mean, I've been doing the heel thing for probably about 10 years now in general. The 440 thing is pretty recent, though, over the last one or two years. But it's one of those things where it defies logic, first of all, for a guy like me to be a bad guy. But when it was first pitched to me to be a heel, my thing was no one else thought I could be a bad guy. But for me, I knew I could be a bad guy because I've had that angst and that anger in my heart because I've been bullied and I've been made fun of by people that I look at and I go, how could you bully and make fun of me for having a disability? I go to the gym and I'm in great shape and you look like a cross-eyed uh, fat freak. You know what I mean? And so like I took those situations in my brain and I was like, I got to take, uh, I got to ignore everything about being dis disabled and I have to take those things and I have to flip it on people. And so when it 440 got pitched to me and I had the opportunity to be a part of it, I knew exactly how I would fit in. Everyone else is really a deathmatch guy, and I've never really done deathmatches. I've done a couple now since being in 440 here and there. I've dabbled, but I think my job in the group is to be like the little chicken shit. Uh, I'm, I'm the snitch, you know what I mean? I'm the snitch of the group, and I like being that goofball. I think that's an extension of my real-life persona is like terrible dad jokes and just uh, I'm, I don't fit in, but by not fitting in, it makes me work in the group if that makes sense. And, and the heat that we've generated, it's been on another level that I've never felt within professional wrestling before in my 15 years. I mean, causing near riots pretty much every month in New Jersey during the pandemic this past weekend involved with the Matt Cardona situation. I mean, it's been pretty surreal. Yeah. yeah. Tell me what happened. Like what you had, you had some involvement in that, huh? Yeah, so the, it was Matt Cardona versus Nick Gage for yeah. the GCW Championship this weekend. And uh, 
believe it or not, there was not a lot of fans for Zack Ryder in the building. Uh, There's a big MDK coalition that was going into that show. And in that particular building in the showboat in New Jersey, they, anybody that opposes Nick Gage, they despise. He should not be the ultimate babyface, but he is. And uh, people love him. And, uh, you know, a year ago in New Jersey, when, when 440 took the title from Nick Gage, it was the first time we experienced having beer bottles and garbage thrown at us. It was very Bash at the Beach 96-esque. And it was a yeah. very sketchy situation because, you know, there's no barricade. So we had to fight our way out of the building. So going into this weekend, we knew helping Cardona win the belt was not going to go well. And so the atmosphere in there, there was about 1,200 people. We had to push our way through just to get in for the run-in. We were getting shit thrown at us as we were going out for the run-in. And we get in the ring. We do a bait and switch where they think Ricky's going to turn and join Nick Gage. And he starts beating up 440 a little bit. He gave me a choke breaker. And then him and Nick Gage slap hands. They finally aligned all the stuff that they've gone through in the past year. Water under the bridge until Ricky kicks Nick in the dick. Nick goes down. Matt Cardona busts out a, a thing of light tubes, cracks him in the head, hits him with the rough rider. And as we're on the outside of the ring, as the pinfall begins, we're getting out of there because we know what's happened in that building before. And so we want to get a head start. And we said, you know what? Cardona can take the heat on this one. And so as we're getting out of there, we're, we have to push through fans to get out, middle fingers in our faces. And uh, I, I felt bad for Cardona, but he got out of there safe and sound for the most part. But it's just, again, all the garbage that it's thrown, the, genu- the genuine heat that has been generated in that building because of what what Zack Ryder is doing. I mean, it's on another level. And in 2021, I feel like you should not be able to do that in professional wrestling, but it's being done. Yeah. Hey, I'm with you. Hey, so um, since you brought up the like the, all the heat and everything, and you know, um, you guys barely getting out of there with your lives. Like, you know, what's your take on uh, all the, the fans throwing shit in the ring like that, man? Because I have mine, but I just – you know, like it was a great, like, I'll just tell you, it was a great, it was yeah. an incredible looking scene, dude. But I've been a victim of that fucking shit, dude. Like I, yeah. and, and Sturgis, I'll just give you one, like one example. And and this is just one, the, the worst one. Uh, stand in the, in the middle of the ring for the in-ring segment. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody came and, and just fucking tried to take my head off from behind. Turns out it was a, fucking giant, like the biggest Gatorade bottle, like almost all the way full, soaring through there, hit me in the back. I almost went down. I can't believe I didn't go down. And like other yeah. shit, bat- batteries, fucking spark plugs. It's just not good, man. It's not. No, it, it's not. Like, like it, look, it's an incredible visual on camera, yes. but for the performers, it's terrifying. Now, look, everybody talks about what happened this weekend with Ryder, and a lot of people that have been following GCW talk about Run Ricky Run last February 2020 uh-huh. when we took the belt from Gage. But a moment that they don't talk about, which was the most terrifying, it was me, Atticus Coger, who's in 440, and Eddie Only, who's in 440, and we did a thing uh-huh. where we we were fucking we were fucking with Nick Gage, and we we're in this little bar in Philly, and in the bar. Uh, there's two levels. So there's a balcony where fans could also look down on us. And at the end of the match, after we cost Nick Gage, we tried to cost Nick Gage a match. We were unsuccessful. He left us laying a fan threw a chair in the ring. So then other fans started throwing chairs in the ring as we're laying. Now that in itself was terrifying, but in the moment, all of a sudden 
the people on the balcony started throwing the chairs down on us. And so all of a sudden I get beamed in the side of the head with a chair and I tell the guys cover up. And we had to lay in the ring as people are just throwing chairs up and in and down on us into the ring. And the fact that we got out of there uninjured was a miracle. And and no one talks about that though. Like that's terrifying. And as a performer, you know, I don't really want to be involved in that situation. I'm glad that I survived and you have that visual after, but like, Jesus, it is not fun. Yeah, man. So like, got to figure out a fucking happy medium there, man. For sure. 100%. One hundred percent. I don't know what it is, but I gotta figure it. No. Out. <laughs> right. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> Do you wish GCW would come out and say something? I don't know that GCW has come out and really like could condoned, or is that their place? You feel for them to come out and be like, "Hey, don't murder nobody." I I, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I feel like they a part of them, a part of the people behind GCW enjoy that visual. And maybe that I don't know if they're I don't want to say they have the, they don't have the performer's interest in mind, but no one has exactly come out and said, don't throw shit in the ring. I mean, in the past, mm-hmm. there's been slurs that you can't say anymore that they've come out and said, like, listen, everybody's welcome at GCW. So, you know, saying the F word, for example, there, there's been a lot of people that have thrown that around. They get injected immediately. But as far as throwing stuff to the ring. Uh, nothing's been said and I don't know if anything yeah. is going to be said. So I don't know yeah. how I should feel about that. I guess, I guess the thing I want to bring up is like, there was that one fan who did the stop, like the, the freeze frame where they identified pizza cutters midair being thrown at the ring. And like, I feel like at the very least, like don't throw pizza cutters at the performers is like a no brainer. Right. Yeah. Like, 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 like sharp objects and like, like Sean, like you said, you know, batteries, those are the worst thing ever. Like, I, it, just hearing it, batteries, it doesn't sound that bad. But I remember hearing Fucking stories from darts. Smothers. Darts. Oh, my God. No, that's horrible. Yeah, dude. What? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, so listen to this. Listen to this. Back in the in the, in WC, when I was still in WCW, and the, and the fucking NWO was fucking just getting white hot. And all that shit's coming in the ring every night. One night, fucking Doug Dellinger says to like Kevin Scott and I, "Oh yeah, we could get them to stop, but like they they like the hell it looks on TV." That's a fucking there true story, dude. Wow, they wow. were letting that shit happen. Somebody could somebody could say that's not true or whatever, but fucking Doug Dellinger said that. Damn. Wow. What's old is new. Where did you get a dart thrown at you, Sean? I'm fast. Where did that happen? It didn't happen to me. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've heard, yeah. I've heard crazy stories. Yeah, dude. Well, uh, we're glad you're alive. Uh, hey, Greg. Yeah. Yo. So there's something I've been wondering also, and it just, you know, just figuring out when to ask you. So when you have matches, like, how often do you come across people that are afraid to like hurt you or like, and, and, and also like, can you take a pretty good ass whipping? Like, can, can you take oh, some yeah. punishment? Yeah. That, that's my strength is in my selling, man. If I don't sell, I don't have anything. Yeah. I just mean like, yeah. or dirt, like, so somebody can lay some shit in on you and you can take it. Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, right. just, uh, you know, I think some people uh, underestimate their own strength sometimes. And like, I'm a bigger guy for my size, but I'm not that damn big. So guys toss me around, but I could take it, man. I've been through some stuff. I, the most yeah. severe injury I've ever had is a concussion with brain bleeding. So I've, oh, yeah. I've come back from that. So. Damn. <laughs> that sucks. 
Yeah, that were terrible. Yeah, that where it just yeah. feel like the inside what? goal is just like hemorrhaging kind of deal. Yeah. Well, well, uh, lucky in my case was, uh, you know, I kept repeating myself. I was concussed pretty bad. This was my first year in wrestling. And long story short, my my friend basically said, I think we should go to the hospital because I kept repeating myself. And I got there in enough time that they said if it wasn't for uh, being taken to the hospital, that they almost had to cut my head open and put a sponge on my brain to stop the hemorrhaging. And luckily it just stopped on its own and everything was okay. But thankfully I don't have a giant scar across the side of my head, but you know, I could take some punishment and uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to uh, get down and dirty if I have to. But are you like, are, are, are a lot of people afraid to fucking like hurt you? Like, do you ever have people like, you know, 100%, 100%. Because they, they always ask me, like, is it okay if I were to slam you like this or do or like if I touch your arm, does it hurt? Like, it doesn't hurt, man. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like, uh, oh, can I can I beat up your bad arm? Can I beat up your good arm? Like, beat up whatever you want. You know, if something's going to bother me, I'll tell you. But for the most part, there's really no limitations with me. I'm, I'm down and, for whatever. And on the flip side of that, and you don't have to name names or anything, but you ever have any assholes in there that just take liberties on you because they, they feel like they can get away with it? 100%. And, and, you know, a lot of the time, I don't even think, again, it was because I was smaller or I was disabled. It was just because I was new to wrestling and they thought it was okay to just beat the shit out of me. And, like, as I've yeah. gotten older, listen, there, there's a time and a place to sort of, I guess, make an example of someone if they're being disrespectful or mouthy or whatever, maybe. But, like, when you're just a kid breaking into wrestling and it's one of those things where it's like, I'm just going to beat this kid up to see how tough he is, I don't know if that's uh, a necessarily uh, – if you cross the line, bullshit. I think it's too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like my, back in the day, my trainer kicked me in the mouth a bunch, and like and the the messed up part is when I got into wrestling because it was a different era. You know, I read all the autobiographies, and I expected at some point, I'm not going to know when and where somebody might just physically abuse me, and I'm going to have to withstand it. So I got into wrestling knowing that, and I I just don't think that's a a good thing to do. Like when uh older guys get in battle royals now and like chop these kids until they're bloody to sort of prove a point. Like, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. You know, if someone's being a dickhead, then maybe you got to have a conversation or, or maybe throw some stiff shots, but just to do it for the sake of doing it. I'm not into that. Yeah, dude. Um, well, uh, it is obviously CM Punk uh, news cycle time right now, Greg. And uh, on top, like you're, you're at the cross section of a lot of very interesting things right now. You're, you're ground zero for Cardona. And now everybody's talking about Punk again. And, like, he was one of the first people to help really kind of put you on the map. It was, what, 10 years ago, almost to the day, that CM Punk and Cabana yeah. were down at AAW with you, putting you up and over to the crowd and everything? Yeah, yeah. The, the summer of Punk, the week after he won the championship at Money in the Bank, Punk is making a few things go viral. And one of those things was endorsing me in a ring in Chicago, Illinois for AAW. And it was because Cabana shared my story with Punk. I'd always gone out of my way to seek advice from those that were more successful than me. Because if you want to be successful in wrestling, I think you should ask for input from those that are, you know, in the place that you want to be in. And so I would always talk to Cabana and he always, I guess he always held the way that I approached him in high regard. And so he shared my story with Punk. And then when Punk Cabana had the opportunity, they shine that spotlight on me in Chicago. And honestly, if it wasn't for that moment where punk basically got on the mic and said, you're fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, sports illustrated doesn't do a story about me. ESPN doesn't do a story about me. And I don't have this opportunity 
after five years at that point to start making money as a professional wrestler. And it, it's not something that I've gotten rich off of, but it's something that I've been able to make a decent living off of. And that I, I have Punky Cabana to thank for that, for shining a light on my story. It, 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 you know, I can't put into words what it means to me. Well, and Greg, you have such an incredible story, right? And you're just a good dude in general. And you have great connections, right? Obviously, Punky Cabana put you over there. You have like this unlikely friendship with Stone Cold Steve Austin where you guys are like, texting and do silly tweets back and forth um johnny yeah. Gar- you you your friends with johnny gargano ringside when when he won the title why do you not think that uh a larger promotion has really picked up on your story and let you be a, a bigger character you're doing great in gcw obviously but i don't know why it hasn't happened in a bigger stage for you i think it's a double-edged sword in a lot of ways and i don't and when i say what i'm going to say i don't mean this in a necessarily a negative way because i guess i understand why the best and most unique thing about me and the reason why i should be signed to a major company is because i have cerebral palsy and it makes me stand out but i think the reason why i haven't been signed is because i have cerebral palsy and i think i guess to sort of elaborate on that it's because i think some people worry that that might be a liability or something and maybe some people don't understand what exactly cerebral palsy is or that like it's more dangerous to throw me around than someone else. Or I think also for every million people that think this is inspiring because everybody has a voice on social media, you know, there's always going to be that one person that goes online and goes, how could you beat up someone's cerebral palsy? I'm so offended. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with having someone like me compete because at the end of the day, I don't think that I'm the pro wrestler with cerebral palsy. I'm a pro wrestler that just happens to have cerebral palsy. You know, if you sign an African-American wrestler, you're not bringing him to the ring and go, here comes the African-American wrestler. He's a pro wrestler that just happens to be African-American. And the fact that someone hasn't given me an opportunity, I guess, on a larger platform to sort of share my story with a large fan base in which I don't think has really had anyone other than Zach Allen represent them on a big stage, that being the developmental developmentally disabled community. I don't know. I think it's really a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've seen the, the, the women's revolution in recent years. Uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, its effect on pro wrestling. I think that was very visible. Uh, do, do you feel like this is another hill the pro wrestling business has to climb is the relationship between pro wrestling and the developmentally disabled community? Because you're right. There's only been like Zach and, and you as well, you know. Well, you know, I've come across other wrestlers with disabilities over the years on the independence. And listen, I, I want to encourage anybody to follow their dreams. But here's something that I often say to, uh, in particular, kids with disabilities. You have to know your limitations. And if you're passionate about pro wrestling uh, and you want to be a pro wrestler, you have to make sure that it's something you can do without putting yourself or others in danger. And if I would have gotten to pro wrestling and that was a thing that I was worried about, or if I couldn't be a wrestler to the best of my ability and other people felt unsafe with me, then I would have found another way to put my passion for wrestling to work. I would have been a commentator, a writer. I would have done something. I would have found a way to be a part of professional wrestling. And so uh, I think people get the wrong impression and think that, um, God, how do I say this? Uh, You know, not everybody can be a pro wrestler, and I'd like to just think that not again, every not every able like no like person that wasn't born with a disability even can be a wrestler. Right. Yeah. Look, it's you tough know, on on able bodied people. 
Yeah, there, I've seen guys walk in for tryouts that are 6'5 and 275 that, uh, you know, they played this sport and that sport, and then they took a couple bumps, and then they never showed up again. So it takes a different breed of human to be a professional wrestler. So I think anybody in the dis- developmentally disabled community, if you talk to your doctor, if, if, uh, if you try it out and it's okay for you and those around you, then sure, be a professional wrestler. I don't know if uh, tomorrow – everybody with a disability should sign up for wrestling school. I just, you got to make sure that it it's going to be safe for everybody involved. But I think we're in a time where we're more open-minded to including everybody. Again, I think developmentally disabled people are a big sector of the audience that really watches pro wrestling, not just WWE, AEW and all impact and ring of honor. And uh, I think to have someone represent them on a big stage or multiple people, you know, I think that's incredibly important. And it would be really cool one day just to see uh, not just me and it doesn't have to be me, uh, uh, one or two or three guys that like could be on TV, giving people like me, giving kids that I've seen in schools hope that things are possible because I was that kid that felt like I was alone and didn't see anybody like me and didn't things things were possible. And then I saw Zach Gowan on WWE and now I'm on a podcast with you, Nick, and I'm talking to a guy that I looked up to for so many years and Sean Waltman. And I mean, like life is great and you don't know what you could do if you just mm-hmm. take the courage to follow your dreams. Yeah, man. Um, well, while we have you here, uh, Greg, before, before we wrap up, tell us a little bit about what you are doing outreach wise, because uh, everybody knows you as an asshole from GCW, but outside the ring, you you actually do some really great stuff. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what it is that you're working on doing with the community. Yeah, you know, uh, right before the pandemic started, for a few years, I was doing it together with Zach Gowan. And uh, then I started sort of branched down on my own. I started doing motivational speaking in schools uh, in several different states. Uh, the last one I did was uh, conveniently just about a half hour from my house. So it was a nice little short trip. And I put a little mini documentary on YouTube about it. And then the pandemic hit. And then it was very hard to get bookings inside of schools because, well, uh, no one was really allowed inside of schools. And so now that things are opening back up again and, uh, you know, a new school year is upon us, uh, what I would like to do is I'd like to get back to motivational speaking because, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't know I was good, if I was going to be a pro wrestler. I didn't think that was a thing that I could do. And then I did it. And then when I got into pro wrestling, selfishly, it was one of those things to prove people wrong that always said that I couldn't do it. Anybody that ever bullied me, you know, I had this chip on my shoulder. But what I realized in being open and honest about my story and transparent, I had so many people within wrestling walk up to me, fans, other wrestlers say, yo, what you do is inspiring. And when we look in the mirror, you know, we're just who we are. You know, I look in the mirror and I see Greg and I don't think I'm inspiring, but by sharing my story and my struggles, I guess it can motivate people. And so being able to walk into these schools and get that instant feedback from these kids and realize that I could be that guy for a moment that I wish would have walked into my school when I was 10, 11, 12, 13, and gave me hope, gave me a reason to keep going. It's very empowering. And it's the only thing that I've done in my life as an adult that gives me the same fulfillment that wrestling does to be able to just get that instant feedback and know that I'm making a distance a, a difference. It's an incredibly powerful thing. And that's something that I want to continue doing as we come out of this pandemic and the world's coming back to normal. Dude. Well, bravo, Greg, where can people go to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things online right now. You can find me on social media by looking me up on Twitter at Gregory iron. I'm also on Instagram at Gregory underscore iron 
Facebook as well. And if you want to go to my website, www.gregory-iron.com, you could either go to my website or DM me directly on any of my social media platforms about pro wrestling, pro wrestling seminars, and of course, motivational speaking. And I'll get back to you ASAP. And uh, if you want to support me on pro wrestling tees, it's pro slash Gregory Iron. And of course, my podcast, Iron on Wrestling, which airs every Wednesday. Probably should mention that too. Yeah, dude. Rock and roll. Cool. Thank you so much, Greg. Really appreciate you coming on and talking. And Sean. Yeah. Bye. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Hey, man. You brought up Zach Gowan a little bit ago. Uh, you're yeah. talking about you were doing some speaking with him. That's a guy, man. When I first met him, man, he wasn't a very likable guy at all. Just his attitude sucked. And then, like, Man, he's just a ple- like he's a pleasure to talk to these days. Like his, his amazing attitude, like just uh, you know, pot like pot gives back to society. Just like man, it's so cool to see like that guy, uh, you know, make the change that he did. I mean, not to go up into you know Zach Gowan, but like no, he, he had some serious issues he was dealing with. Did, did you ever have? Did you ever battle any of that kind of shit? Like, you know, like I forgot to ask you that, man, because, you know, like everything's so like your life seems so rosy. Like, you know, you've overcome these obstacles, but did you ever have, did you ever battle any of that stuff? Well, so first and foremost, when I, when I met Zach, he was battling those demons and he was the main reason that I wanted to become a wrestler. And when I met him for the first time, he was a dick, man. And he was not nice (laughs) to me. And and it it was very disheartening, dude. And then you hear all the stories after the fact. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's like, geez, I guess you never really want to meet your heroes. And then years later, the thing happens with me and punk. He hears my story. And I think it was on Cabana's podcast that I ended up telling Cabana, you know, when I met Zach Allen, he was a dick. And then Zach got my phone number and he had just come out of rehab and he called me and he said, I heard your story and I didn't realize the impact I had on your life and you made me cry and I, I, I want to apologize. And that created this beautiful friendship and uh, something that I'm very thankful for to this day. And again, if it wasn't for him, you know, there's so many things I wouldn't be doing in wrestling and I definitely wouldn't be doing motivational speaking. He's always someone that I lean on when I need advice for that. But as far as me battling my own personal demons, thankfully, uh, I, I got, well, not so thankfully, I guess I watched my mom as a kid battle an addiction with crack. And, uh, you know, not only did I have to battle bu- bullying in school because of this disability, but uh, at home, it was very verbally abusive, very mentally abusive, very physically abusive. And I watched the struggles that my mom dealt with firsthand. And she passed away from a drug overdose while living in a homeless shelter in 2010, July 4th, 2010. And uh, it was one of those things where I got the phone call while I was working a real job outside of wrestling. And it was sort of always the way I envisioned it going down. But even when it happened, it was one of those things that it's still very surreal that I was never going to have my mom calling me up to borrow 20 bucks or just to be a pain in my ass or whatever it was. Uh, We were sort of, we had disconnected at that point for a couple of years, but uh, you know, you only get one mom. And one of the things that I learned in retrospect, I, I held a lot of animosity towards her for a while because of how she led her life. And one thing that I learned that I didn't realize in those moments as, you know, a 20 something year old kid, because I'm straight edge. And, and that's because of seeing what my mom went through. And, uh, I, I held a lot of bitterness towards her. And after she passed a few weeks later, I was dubbing one of my old matches from tape to DVD And it's one of my first matches. And somehow she found out that I was a wrestler and she showed up to this pro wrestling show that I was on. 
And for whatever reason, when I was dubbing this tape, I saw my mom directly in the background of the hard cam. And when I come out to the ring, Sean, she was so happy to see me coming out to the ring as a wrestler. And she had just the biggest smile on her face. And then I, you know, I'm hitting some moves on the opponent that I'm having in the ring and I go to hit the ropes and uh, the guy I'm wrestling grabs me for an Alabama slam. Before I even hit the mat, my mom's smile turns to this face of worry and I get slammed on the mat and I see her start to cry as she's watching this in the background and I'm getting my ass kicked. And that was a wake up call for me and helped me realize that drug addiction, alcohol addiction, it's a sickness. And inside, even though that's something that my mom battled, you know, there was still a mom somewhere in there. And, and being able to see that made me realize that, you know, um, she was just sick and, I, well, I, I, I was I, doing the best she could with what she had to work with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and listen, know. people that know me, people that know me personally, I, I sort of have a morbid sense of humor and I always make jokes about my mom and stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I, I get emotional sometimes when I think about her because, you know, I wish I could have had a better relationship with her and I wish she could have been a different person, but that is the hand, no pun intended that life dealt to me. And, yeah. um, I've, I've had a, I've had a good way of uh, taking those hands and making the best of it because you have two choices sometimes in life when you can't control things. Either you get pissed off and you, you, you get bitter and angsty about it, or you take that situation and make the best of it. And I feel yeah. like, you know, with wrestling, with life, that's what I've done. I've tried to make the best out of these situations. And because of this, you know, I've, uh, I've got to live a lot of dreams and have a lot of cool moments with a lot of guys that I've watched on TV and inspire a lot of people and that is um very overwhelming but very cool and that's something i'm super proud of yeah well wow right. i didn't that, expect it to get this emotional guys betterhelp.com everybody right that's you know man you know you know Craig, it's just I, I i mean i just deal with what you did growing up with like i just know what i I just grew up able body, you know. Is able body even okay to say? Like, I mean, I, I don't I mean, know. Someone the right word, whatever, right? Whatever. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, just I know how like the shit I dealt with, and I ended up going down the fucking path, man. And like, and it's just it's it's. I didn't realize you were actual like straight edge. Like you were living that, like chosen that lifestyle. Um, did, did you ever mood alter ever? Did I ever what? Did you ever mood alter? Did you ever try alcohol? No. Anything? Well, I, I wow. as, when I was seventeen, when I was seventeen, I did a little bit of drinking because I thought that was just what you do at some point. And I rem- yeah. remember I got really, I really drunk, and I was dry heaving in the middle of the night, and I just, uh, I felt like shit the next day. And I remember it was around Christmas, and I was supposed to go get uh, photos with Santa with my baby brother. And my dad comes downstairs and he's, he was a big drinker. He's still a big drinker. And so, and sometimes my dad has not been the most pleasant of guy. He was there for me when my mom wasn't, I love my dad with all my heart, but he, he's done some stuff that I forgive him for. But uh, to go back to this moment in time yeah. when I was 17, he comes downstairs and he says, Hey, uh, we have to go get photos with Santa. And I told him, 
I can't, I'm hungover. And he goes, hungover. And he asked me what I was doing. And I'm expecting to get punished because I got yeah. punished for stupid shit when I was a kid, like not telling him where I was going and going to play baseball with my friends or whatever. And so I'm expecting to actually get punished for something that I feel that I've done is wrong. I want to be punished. And he started laughing and it was almost giving me a pat on the back. And Sean, that was my moment when I was like, you know what? My dad is one of the most uncoolest guys I know. If he wow. thinks drinking is cool, I'm never going to drink again. And I didn't. <laughs> that was sort of the decision I made. Yeah. Good decision, man. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you know, like, listen, people. If you can handle your alcohol, I'm all about it. I, I I'm more open to marijuana now that I know what it does for people and how it helps people. Uh, if one day maybe I need to to dabble in a little bit of the marijuana for medical purposes, yeah. perhaps I would do that. I'm not opposed to those things. I think I identify with straight edge because it's really the only label. Uh, I can think of that works. I mean, I feel like to be truly straight edge, you got to be into like minor threat and like hardcore punk music, which I'm not, but I mean, Early straight edge. Shit. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I just feel like straight edge is like the closest thing I have to identify with. So we'll go with that, you know? Right on. Cool. Right on. All right. Yeah, hey, great. Great. Yep. Thanks dude. Yep. No, thank you. Uh, We're supposed uh, to go uh, 20 minutes. We got a lot longer. Yeah. yeah. It happens with me sometimes. So, I'm into it. Um, I'm into it. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate you. Coming on, dude. Spending some time, and, and uh, I really, um, I really enjoyed the conversation, man. And um, look yeah, forward no. to seeing what you got coming up. Thank you, and and thank you for the platform, and thank you for always being uh, an inspiration to me. Uh, always been a big fan. Uh, I'm sure you get that a lot, but uh, I I feel like it's important to put that out there. You really you you paved the way. Even though you're not a small guy during your time period, you were considered the small guy. So I think you've paved the yeah. way for a lot of smaller guys like me. You're an innovator, and I appreciate and respect you so much and nick you're 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 a doll i love you i'm just a doll that's fine i agree with that you can put me on the shelf <laughs> that's, fine. that's fine you're great greg thank you again it really really great talk man total compliment that we went over time absolutely so hell yeah man i love this talk man total compliment that we went over time absolutely so hell yeah man i love this Welcome back to the game show portion of Pro Wrestling for Life. It is me, your game show host, Nick Hausman, back to pit two-time WWE Hall of Famer, Sean Waltman, against one of his patrons over Pro Wrestling for Life's Patreon page. First coming to the show, the man who's going to be going heads up against his patron, it is Sean Waltman. Sean, welcome back to the game show portion of the show. Hey, everyone. How you guys doing? A lot of energy today from Sean. A lot of energy yeah. today. Um, all right. Well, Sean's here. And, hey, you know what? I think it's time to bring back another returning contestant coming back to the show to do battle against you here today, Sean, a professional wrestler, a member of the Pro Wrestling for Life Patreon community, <coughs> Joey Image. Joey, welcome back to the game show. Hello, Joey, guys. Joey, what's up, man? Hey, are you, using on, the bla- are you using the black and white filter? No, uh, I forget what it's called. The the portrait mode filter, like on an iPhone. Oh, okay. It's kind of cool. Out the background. Yeah, it looks cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you Did can't you get a haircut? Shit? Did you get a haircut? Uh, Trim your no, beard. I shaved. I shaved. I took the beard off. Oh, I just okay, left it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back, back for Thank more, you huh? for noticing. Yeah, you do. You look good, man. You look very clean. I think it's also the the blurred background. It just makes you look very clean and everything. You can't see the mess. The only thing you can see is like my arcade. I have an arcade machine in my room, so oh. right there. Otherwise, everything's a mess. Impressive. All right. Well, <laughs> I hey, built it uh, myself. Well, Joey, uh, welcome back. We're going to play a game here today uh, that is uh, based off of the top news story of the week, and that is the rumors that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan 
are AEW bound. So today's poll question, or today's, I'm sorry, today's game show game is called CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. It's very simple. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a fact. I'm going to give you a statistic. And then you just have to tell me, is that fact or statistic about CM Punk or is it about Daniel Bryan? Two guys, very similar careers, maybe harder than you think. So that's it, very simply. Now to decide who's going to go first here today, uh, the first person to show me a photo of either Daniel Bryan or CM Punk is going to get to go first here today. And so I would think that unless you have an 8x10 around, maybe you're going to be grabbing your cell phone or your laptop to pull up a photo of CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. Joey Image looks completely lost. Yeah, Sean, the only, the only Sean, picture I have around here, me, actually. All right, Sean, Sean casually grabbing his phone here. Looks like he's starting. And there we go. That is a photo of CM Punk in the octagon. Joey Dude, Im- I was fucking trying to go as slow as I possibly could <laughs> so you could win, dude. You well, I have my phone in front of me. My strategy is to always <laughs> let my opponent go first. I appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, all right. It's very simple. There's only two answers here today. CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. Joey, are you ready to play the game? Absolutely. All right, we will start with you. This wrestler started their career in the Lunatic Wrestling Federation. Is that CM, CM Punk? Punk? That is CM Punk. Ding, ding, ding. Produced by Billy Wack here in Chicago. All right, Sean, to you. This wrestler is 40 years old. 40 years old. Daniel Bryan. That is Daniel Bryan. That is correct. One to one. We are tied here. All right. Back to you, Joey. Uh, this wrestler is WWE's 15th Grand Slam champion. Was that CM Punk or Daniel Bryan? 15th Grand. Wait, that, that includes what? Heavyweight, Intercontinental, Tag Team, and women. Uh, women's. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what I meant. Yes. The, not the Triple Crown. The Grand Slam champion. Yes, the Grand Slam champion. What's the fourth title? Then? The Heavyweight? The Heavyweight, the World, the IC, and the Tag. tag or team. the IC US. I, I'm not really sure. But 15th. Uh, Brian, Brian, uh, Brian, Brian, Dan Bryan. That is correct. Daniel Bryan was WWE's 15th Grand Slam champion. All right, Sean, to you, this wrestler trained at the Steel Domain Wrestling Academy. <laughs> CM Punk. That is correct. That is CM Punk. We are tied to a piece here. Uh, how about this one, Joey? This I mean, was- I didn't really, like, I just, I know that, I know where Bryan went. So, like, and, yeah, Steel Domains and that's fine. St. Paul, it's weird. That's good. I didn't fucking realize he anyways, whatever. <laughs> okay. Yes, run by Ace Steel. All right, Joey Image here. This wrestler lost a WWE Sunday night heat match. Oh, I knew I knew Ace Steel trained him. I didn't know that it was Steel like Ed Hellier was the promoters. Oh, was it? Okay. I but, thought it was- but I but okay, anyways, whatever. All right, that's you fine. I mean. Okay, well that's fine. We're tied here. We're tied here to a piece. Back to you, Joey. W- uh, this wrestler lost a WWE Sunday night heat match against Val Venus on May 9th, 2005. Was it Daniel Bryan or CM Punk? Oh, Jesus, Sunday night heat. Uh, Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry. That was CM Punk. It was actually the match that got him signed by WWE. So, uh, Sean, oh. back to you, a chance to break ahead. This wrestler won the 2004 Ring of Honor Survival of the Fittest Tournament. Was it CM Punk or Daniel Bryan? The 2004 Ring of Honor Survival of the Fittest. Daniel Bryan. That was Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson, correct? That puts you up 3-2. Chance to tie it up here, Joey. 
Uh, this wrestler is a former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. Daniel Bryan. It was Daniel Bryan. I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me who tag Daniel Bryan, his tag team partner was. Do you have any oh idea? My God. A Japanese guy. That's all I remember. And I don't even know if that's right. Yep. Okay. I'm not going to accept a Japanese guy. Uh, Morishima? I don't know. It's not Morishima. John, <laughs> for, uh, for a bonus point, do you know who? <laughs> Do you know who Daniel Bryan's tag team partner was when he was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion? Uh, no. All right. Well, it was Curry Man. Uh, it was. Uh, oh, Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels, Curry Man. All allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right. Well, back to you, Sean. Three apiece. This wrestler was a member of Ravens TNA Alliance: The Gathering. CM Punk. That was CM Punk. That is four to three. Back to tie it up, Joey. Uh, this referee was fired by WWE for three months in 2010. Referee? This, no, was fired. This wrestler was fired. Oh, you said referee. <laughs> oh, well, all right, my enunciation. Uh, okay, can you repeat the whole question? Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. This wrestler was fired by WWE for three months in 2010. Brian Danielson. It was, yes, and that was, of course. That was, you know, what's funny is during that is when I met Sean. Because, oh, yeah, because Danielson was working Sawa in Evolve and in, uh, in Rahway, New Jersey, during during that time when he was doing Independence, um, and I was I outside was on, and he was on there. Yeah, he was the main event. Him and Sawa, and I walked. I, I was outside. You walked up and just said, "You come with me," and brought me in the locker room. And I'm we hadn't we never met before then. It was really weird, but it was cool. <laughs> but that was during that time. Yeah, that's how I knew it was him right away. Okay. Yeah, All right. Oh my god. All right. Four I remember, I remember. I remember going and doing a show there, but yeah, I shouldn't have been wrestling at that time. <laughs> I still did good, but I should I, have been I mean, in the locker room. But you told me to come with you, so I was. I wasn't going to say no to you. Right. <laughs> take your word for it. All right, Sean, Daniel Bryan or CM Punk? <laughs> who won the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 24? Who won? The Money in the Bank WrestleMania 24. Was it Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, Sean? CM Punk. Or no, Daniel Bryan. Oh, you had it right the first time. It was CM Punk, but you changed it. This is your chance to break ahead here. Uh, who won the Slammy for Best Beard of the Year in 2013, Joey? Brian Danielson. That was Brian Danielson. That is up 5-4. Uh, uh, Sean, which of the two, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan, served as a raw commentator in the last few months of 2010? Brian? No, that was CM Punk. Joey, if you can get this, that's going to blow it out here. Uh, this, Who was it, CM Punk or Daniel Bryan, that endorsed Green Party nominee Jill Stein in 2016? Uh, Brian Danielson. That is correct. That's six four, and that is no that idea. Is, that is it. Uh, that is going to put you over the top here. There's not enough questions left for Sean to come back from. You know, you're Daniel Bryan at CM Punk. I am sorry, Sean. It is another loss here for you in the game show segment on Pro Wrestling for Life. Okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'm not sorry, our, sir. Not our typical heated response here from Sean. You know, Joey. Um. <laughs> hey man, 
Well, I have you here, Joey. Oh, are you going to bring up the Hennig Bachwinkle thing? Yeah, dude. A fucking hour long <laughs> match. I know. I heard you. I heard you the last week, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I can send you oh, some man. of my stuff. It's not any good, but you can you can do a watch along with my crap. <laughs> like I'm thinking, like 15 minutes ish. You know, like actually, you you could you could do a watch along with me and PJ from 2005, where yeah. he uh where he ribbed me with the kendo stick in the match. All right, Joey. Hey, man, it's good. It's good battling you again. Yes, sir. You look good. Fucking fresh, fresh shave. <laughs> yeah, man. Clean I don't do this too often. All right. All right. Thanks, well, man. What's thank social, you, guys. What's your social handle, real quick, Joey? What's oh, your uh, you can follow me uh, all social platforms at Joey Image TV, please. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Joey. Thank See you, man. guys. Take Have care, day, brother. That's it for this week's show, everyone. Want to thank. Gregory Iron, Arturo Huas. Actually, it's just Huas now. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, Joey Image coming on, playing. The, oh, I was about to say video game. <laughs> Play a video game with me. Uh, uh, yeah, Joey. Thanks to Joey Image for coming on, playing the game show. Absolutely. And uh, who am I missing? Gregory Iron. I think I, I already said Greg. We said crack. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, it's the first person I think. Well, thank you all so much uh, for tuning in. This was a, a really fun show. I will tease, uh, of course, join the Patreon page. We got a lot of new content coming out here. But next week we have our first return guest on the show. Uh, so that'll give you a little tease if you want to go back through and figure out who we might be talking about. But a huge, huge like these these we've been on a hot run of shows. But like I know what the next couple weeks of shows look like, and we got some. Really, really big uh, hot guests. So uh, stick around. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Leave a comment on iTunes. All that stuff's appreciated. But that's all I got for today, Sean. See you guys. Bye, everybody.